I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you will hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. OTAs yesterday on the south side, they will open minicamp, that's the non-voluntary one, next week at Heinz Field, and they will do so with exactly one starting position set on their entire offensive line. Good morning to you. Good Friday morning on that very Happy and not at all unsettling note. I'm Dan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Steelers. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning if you're into hockey and or baseball. I also offer up daily shots of Penguins and Pirates right where you found this one. The starter, of course, is all-pro right guard David DeCastro. He didn't have the best 2020. He was banged up. He didn't get much of a push and run blocking. Never really seemed to recover, but he's more than earned that status. And that's not the interesting part. It's how all of the other battles across the line will shape up. Chooks Okorafor, who is currently atop the Steelers' depth chart at left tackle. This according to Mike Tomlin himself in a press conference just before the NFL draft a month ago. But Tomlin also warned, and he did so in pretty emphatic language, that it's a depth chart in April. So he made sure that everyone understood that it doesn't mean a thing. And it doesn't because, well, here's some of what Chooks had to say about it. Uh, I mean, honestly, I'm just here to pretty much do everything I'm, I'm being told. If it's play left tackle, play right tackle, you know what I'm saying? I've, I've done both, so I, it wasn't really, I feel like it won't really mean that much to me in terms of like, I don't think I need to work on it a little bit more or less than anything. So I'll just see how things play out in training camp. Now, that's going to come across as confusing, I can see, because if Chooks is battling Zach Banner, who is currently atop the depth chart at right tackle, Banner, of course, is still recovering from his knee surgery and isn't yet fully participating in activities, wasn't able to to do any of the drills or so forth in OTAs. But if Chooks is battling Zach Banner and they're at opposite ends of the offensive line, how does that work? If Kevin Dotson isn't being handed, and he shouldn't be, the left guard position, then he's battling B.J. Finney, but Finney will also be battling Kendrick Green and 
possibly even J.C. Hasenauer at center? And how do you have camp battles like that unless you're basically just taking all of the remaining offensive linemen, meaning everyone not wearing a 66 and saying, we're just going to put the four best guys out there. Show us what you got. Bring it. As opposed to saying, here's a really specific man-on-man battle at left tackle or at left guard or at right tackle or even at center where logic would dictate you'd need to have the most actual drill snaps occurring for players to be able to show what they can do with the franchise quarterback behind them. I like the approach. I'm not going to lie. I didn't see it coming. I probably should have, though. This portion of Daily Shot of Steelers is brought to you by the personal injury law firm of Luxembourg Garbett, Kelly, and George. They represent people who are hurt in car accidents, who filed for workers' comp and medical malpractice claims. The attorneys at LGKG, as the firm is known, have been AV rated. That's the highest rating a law firm can receive for legal ability and ethics in the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania. LGKG has offices in Cranberry, Newcastle, Beaver Falls, Butler, and Elwood City, and you can learn more about them online at lgkg.com or by calling 888-842-5454. This approach is something that I think will serve the Steelers well, and I think it'll encourage a spirit of competition that you always want in a camp, but you want doubly so when it comes to younger players. The worst possible circumstance that you can offer to a rookie is one in which they know they've got the job. And sometimes it's unavoidable. Najee Harris isn't exactly worried about whether or not he'll start for the Pittsburgh Steelers. But all the rest of the rookie class is, and that's as it should be. That's what you want. That's what you want. It makes them better players. It makes them better, harder, tougher football people on top of everything else. That said, here's how it's going to shake out. This is what I've got for you. I really believe that the Steelers are going to stick with Chooks at left tackle. The main reason being, yeah, he's had some experience over there, uh, not in the pros, but in college. And he also has a history of staying on the field. If that sounds unfair to, to Zach, uh, after you know he had the one really bad injury on a set of turf in East Rutherford, New Jersey, that ended up hurting a lot of players, not least of which was Saquon Barkley of the Giants in that very same game. You need to know that your left tackle is going to be there. Chooks has shown that availability over the years, and you're going to want that presence over there for the entire offensive line, but also for for Ben Roethlisberger. So I feel like Chooks is going to be that guy even if even 
if Banner were to outperform him again in training camp as he did last summer at Heinz Field when they were going head-to-head for the right tackle job. Banner is going to have another training camp of going against T.J. Watt. And if you'll recall from last summer, those turned out to be some pretty intense battles that often crossed into post-whistle scrums and so forth. And once Banner does that, he's going to show that he's earned that job, the job that he won last year, the one that he'll win again this year. The Steelers really don't have a lot else to challenge at the tackle spot. So the idea of battling for left and right and left and right, look, when they line up, whether it's for minicamp or out in Latrobe, the way they start out is probably going to end up being the way they finish, regardless of what it is that they say. And I'm talking about the tackle spots. Guard is a little different because Tomlin legitimately loves Finney. That's that's not an accident that he was back within about, oh, three seconds or so of the Bengals making him available. Tomlin has told people for years that he believes Finney is a starter-capable NFL offensive lineman. So you're going to see Finney get a real chance, an honest chance, at either left guard or center. And Finney is not the type to take that lightly. He's not going to be one of those um, backups who kind of go through the motions knowing that they don't really have a chance, but they're saying all the right things and they want to say that they got to push those starters. That's not him. That's not BJ. Trust me on that. He is going to be competing to take one of those two jobs. He just went through a spell where he went to Seattle, signed for big money, and then went to Cincinnati, and neither of them had any use for him. The last time he got on the field on any regular basis was in Pittsburgh. That's not who he is. He wants to play. He expects to play. So whether Finney beats out Kevin Dotson or he beats out Kendrick Green or however it is that J.C. Hasnauer works his way into that mix, assuming he does, that'll end up being, I think, the battle of camp as it relates to the O-line. And again, I'm okay with that. I'm here for that. I have no problem with setting it up that way. My one concern that I have with this scenario and, and and hear this out, because it's going to sound a little irrational. But if Finney is better than one or both of those guys, there's still a chance that Tomlin and staff won't start him. And they might actually be right in that regard. I know that sounds terrible, but like I said, hear me out. Because they also have a tradition 
not a sappy tradition, but just a, a way that they do things where they don't like having their backup center on the field with their starting center. And that was something that's been in place for a long time because Marquise Pouncey was getting up there in years and they didn't know, you know, at any given point he could get hurt. And then what happened if you wouldn't have your backup? Well, then, you know, James Harrison is your center, you know, that kind of thing. It's a lot like the backup catcher in baseball where a manager is afraid to send him up even in the 14th inning with the bases loaded as a pinch hitter because you're thinking, what if I run out of catchers? Who's going to go out there and be my emergency catcher? I have a feeling that's going to be more influential in this process than it should be. I would much rather see just the best players be taken and utilized as your starters. When we come back, just one question. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Just one question, and today's comes from CTR, who asks, simply, Mason Rudolph is quarterback of the team in 2022? Well, if that's what it has to be, if Ben retires and they're unable to find a quarterback in the draft or free agency, then Rudolph is a safe option. Is he a pro bowler? No, he isn't going to the Hall of Fame either. He is what he is, but if you surround him, with talented players, he can actually be pretty good. I think you can win with him. Wow, that's really depressing, CTR. That's the end of Mason Rudolph right there. Um, I actually have a couple of responses to this, even though you were mostly rhetorical there. The first is this notion that every Pittsburgh quarterback has to have their next stop be Canton. We probably kind of need to get over that. And I understand that especially uh, older football fans in the region are going to have a tough time with that concept because in our world there was Terry Bradshaw and then there was Ben and then there was just this... sea of nothingness in the middle it was just a whole lot of Tommy Maddox and Cordell Stewart and Mark Malone and uh, yeah (laughs) all those guys you know Neil O'Donnell of course with the interceptions and it's now I think seen as the standard in Pittsburgh, that your quarterback is either the greatest thing in the world or complete trash. And it really doesn't have to be that way. 
Uh, not every quarterback who wins the Super Bowl goes to the Hall of Fame. You know, not every quarterback uh, who goes to the Super Bowl is some kind of franchise icon. Let's not forget that, you know, in O'Donnell's case, if he doesn't throw those two bizarre picks, and I understand that's a pretty big elephant in the room to be looking around, but O'Donnell wins the Super Bowl, you know? And let's not forget that the Steelers got to the AFC Championship with a lot of these other quarterbacks that I just mentioned. Uh, and made, you know, made a lot happen and easily could have won championships those years. You know, it's not that cut and dried. I don't look at Rudolph much differently than the way you described it. I think he can be somebody that you can win with. I think he has some flaws to his game, most of which look like they'd be correctable with experience and some that I kind of wonder about in particular when he does the extra little happy feet back there and things aren't going well. And if I were allowed to report to you what I see in OTAs, but I'm not, so I won't. I just think that the burial of Mason in our city is premature. I really do. Quarterback is a position that when you come out of college, unless you're a Joe Burrow or someone like that, you're not going to just walk out there and engage in immediate magic. It's just not that position. There's so much that you need to learn. There's so much that you need to uh, process that only comes from extensive experience. And even some of those prospects that everyone gets so fired up about at the draft and thinks that this is the instant solution to everything and next stop is glory, those quarterbacks come into the league and they get thrown onto their backs or have their knees wrenched the way Burrow did because they playing for crappy teams that can't block. Uh, this quarterback situation is not going to have the ending that most of the nation wants. I really, really believe that. The way almost everybody that I that I hear from in the fan base wants this is that, well, Ben retires, he retires on top and everything else, and he waves goodbye and everything else, and then the Steelers say, uh-oh, we need a quarterback. And then everyone builds up the the excitement for draft day and the Steelers trade all the way up to like, I don't know, three or four and they get their dream quarterback and he comes in and he's the golden child. And now we have somebody that we can put out there against Burrow and Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. We've got our own wunderkind at the most important position. And it's not going to be like that. It's just not going to be like that. I really believe that this team is going to give Mason a chance. He was not extended by a year for nothing. That didn't happen just because they were looking for another year out of the backup. If Ben stays, Mason can be the backup for another year. But if Ben doesn't stay, it's Mason's job. It's Mason's job. He'll be the quarterback. And you know what? At that point, he can go fend for himself. 
You won't need me to do it. I appreciate the question, CTR. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Steelers. And again, minicamp is next week. Uh, I'll be there covering that and be able to share with you as much as, you know, as much as is allowed by NFL regulations, and I'll, I'll do my best. Thank you.